The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome back to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, brought to you by the Offensive Points Podcast Network, question mark. Uh, we have kind of retired the IDP Army moniker, so we're kind of just a, a free agency bunch of podcasts now. But we are going to bring you all the fantasy football, that is for sure. Um, if you're new to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, this is where we talk about college football, and we're going to get you all caught up on the top tens for quarterbacks running backs, and wide receivers going into the 2024 draft. Look, my life has been nuts, so we're going to have to do this on a quarterly basis, it looks like. But we are going to get everything caught up today. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy that you're here listening. And I hope that these lists are kind of ones that you may know the people. Maybe you don't. But if you haven't been paying attention to college football, this is a very good, quick little catch-up on everything you need to know going into the 2024 draft. But at first, before we get into any of that, we have to tailgate. Welcome, welcome, welcome in. It is so good to be back with you all. Now, uh, last time I talked to you, we were doing preseason podcasts. We were getting everybody caught up on all of the players going into the season. Um, the lists have changed quite a bit, especially at running back and wide receiver. The wide receivers this year, I mean, wide receivers have kind of, they've just kind of moved places. The running backs, there is completely people that we didn't even think were going to be in the running to be top running backs in this class are showing up. There's been a lot of injuries. Uh, the running backs going into the season, we had really, really high hopes because some of these guys were just coming off of phenomenal years or were like hoping to have big bounce back years in 2023. So far they haven't for the most part, but there's still names that we're going to keep attached to because we just, the talent has to win out. Now maybe the situations are bad where they are, but we'll get to that in a second. All, all things running back. We're going to start with the quarterbacks because I am very, very impressed with this quarterback class. I think we're going to have a special one in April, folks. I think there's going to be six or seven quarterbacks that maybe not all starters, but they're going to be usable. And the first round is going to have at least five, I think. I, I think I can pinpoint five, maybe more by the time it's all said and done. But, like, I think there's five. And with a bad quarterback play we're kind of seeing in the league right now, it's about time we have an influx. Um, the reasons for this, I'm not going to lie, are pretty much all COVID related, COVID related and transfer rules related, because that has extended players careers to where they can stay in school, they can develop longer. And some of these guys where they wouldn't have been NFL talent two years ago when they would have decided whether they needed to come back or stay in school, they have decided to stay there, develop, and now they're coming out as more complete products. And that is an only a good thing for the league. I think it's only been kind of a newer-ish phenomenon where players have been staying for three years and then coming out. Like, it didn't used to be that way. And a lot of players stayed, they developed, they got better, and by the time they got out, they were actually ready to either 
they were ready to, to understand the system and take on all of the responsibilities of being an NFL quarterback. Um, whereas we have guys coming out now that are young, they're getting burnout really, really quickly. Um, I mean, you could probably think of a thousand or like a hundred at your house while you're thinking right now, but just, there's been just an influx of bad quarterbacks coming into the league. And we just go through and like, well, that guy was a bust. Well, that guy was a bust. Well, that guy was a bust. I mean, look, this year, for example, is a pretty good, I mean, Anthony Richardson literally had a perfect combine. He's come in, he's looked as bad at passing as we kind of thought he was going to. And he's been hurt. Hasn't really gotten to play. Bryce young came in. He's playing exactly like he did in college, which does not work in the NFL. Um, he is completely undersized. He is not able to move around. Um, the big difference between Kyler Murray and Bryce Young, I was saying this all last year, Kyler Murray can scramble around, and he, he's faster than the NFL quarterback or NFL defenders. That's not the same thing for Bryce Young. And some of this cutesy-wootsy stuff he got away with in college is not working in the NFL, and that's something he's going to have to learn and, you know, through trial and error get better with. But some of these guys that are coming out this year in this class have been there five years, six years. While they are older guys and they're going to be as old as Bryce Young, they're going to be a little bit more experienced and have a little bit more under their belt. And we're going to get, I think, like I said, four or five of these guys are going to be starters, I think, pretty soon in the league. So let's get right to it. The first one, and I know this is just breaking everything I just said, is an underclassman, Caleb Williams from USC. Um, look, he – He's been nothing short of amazing. I can't really go back on anything I've said about Caleb Williams. He has played incredible this season. He, I mean, he's got 1,900 yards, 21 inter, or touchdowns, four interceptions. He's looked incredible. Um, only thing truly really down this year is some of his, his like passing percentage is not as good as it was last year. And I think it's because he's trying to play a little bit more hero ball. Their defense is awful in USC. I don't know what it is with Lincoln Riley, and I don't know what it is with him choosing to have bad defenses every year. But, look, he wants to keep the stats up for his quarterbacks, and here he goes. He has another one. I think there's going to be a major push towards the end of the season to tank for Caleb, and I honestly can't blame can't blame him. I can't blame anybody that wants to do that. Um, it's been an embarrassment. Totally got those stats wrong, by the way. He in 2023 he has 22 touchdowns, one interception, um, but in 1800 yards so far. It's been an incredible year for Caleb Williams. Um, I look, there's no notes. He's going to be the number one if he chooses to come out. Now there was a report that he might stay in school, get NIL deals, um, if he doesn't go to the team that he would like to. I'm kind of curious what the team is that he doesn't want to go to that's in a bad situation because, like, originally we all thought it was Arizona. I actually don't hate that situation for any quarterback right now. And I know they are kind of, like, iffy on Kyler Murray, but I think if Kyler Murray comes back, the team's going to be not good, but they're not going to be bad. I think they're going to be middle of the road. They could still tank out. That is a possibility. And they could still trade Kyler. All that is within the realm of possibility. But um, – I'm kind of what what team would it be? Because like Carolina is horrible, but they already have a quarterback and Bryce Young. Uh, Chicago's terrible, but I mean I think Justin Fields might stay. Um, so like, what team are we talking about? What team is bad enough to where they would need to go grab him? Denver, I don't think has their pick, so he can't really go there. Um, so it, it's just a matter of like if you're tanking for Caleb, who 
what team would he not want to go to? I mean, it might end up being the Patriots, and they are awful, but I don't know. How can you turn down the Patriots? But whatever the case may be, Caleb's going to be the number one pick. I'm confident of that. We'll revisit this in a couple of weeks and see if I maybe he's fallen off for whatever reason. But so far, so good for Caleb, and he is going to kind of coast to the number one draft pick in the season. Might not win the Heisman, but he's going to be the number one overall pick. All right, let's move on to Drake May, number two. Uh, he's had an actually a pretty good season so far. Um, 1,600 yards, eight touchdowns, four interceptions. The running game has kind of been the major part of UNC that uh, nobody really saw coming. Well, I mean, for as far as like him being a number one draft pick, I, he's not actually playing bad, though, and it's not really – I don't know. I think a lot of people are going to see the stats and especially see the touchdown so far and be like, well – you know, he's just a game manager that's just going to hand the ball off to a running back. But I think it's because they haven't really needed him to do more than what they've done so far. I mean, the passing, I mean, none of the, the games have really blown you off the page, but he's not making any major mistakes. He does have four interceptions, mind you, but like his percentages have all been in the 70s. He's had two 400 yard games so far this season. And the running game is working, so there's really no need for him to be pushing it downfield. I definitely can see somebody maybe making a approach to get above him. That's definitely possible. But I think right now Drake May is the number two guy. I think he's going to go, you know, at least in the top five of the draft. Maybe the problem is all the bad teams this year have quarterbacks, so he might actually slip a little bit. But somebody's going to trade up, mind you, and somebody's going to get a quarterback. Um, looking at you, Washington, Atlanta, Patriots, like all these teams that like may not finish high, but definitely need a quarterback. Minnesota, I think is going to be another one. I think they might move on from Kirk Cousins. Um, he would not be a bad option to go get. All right. I'm going to have to go through these kind of quickly. I didn't realize how slow I was going to go. All right. Next one, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. Washington's had an incredible season so far. And Michael Penix Jr. has been nothing short of brilliant. This is his sixth year in college football he has 19 he almost has 2,000 yards he's one yard short of 2,000 yards 74 percent pass completion percentage 16 touchdowns to two interceptions he's been nothing short of incredible he had a, a great career at Indiana and he ended up moving to Washington where last year you know it was good not great but he definitely came into his own and so far through five uh, games this season, he's been nothing short of incredible, and he's going to have a test next week against Oregon, and we're going to see if he is for real or not, but based on everything he's done so far this season, uh, yes, he is the real deal, and he's been, like I said, nothing short of incredible. I mean, 400 yards uh, in three straight games coming into this Oregon game, um, I, I'm nothing short of impressed. I think he might be my number two. That six years in college might scare some people off, but I think this is a year where you might not think that's uh, necessarily the way to go. All right, under number four, Quinn Evers from uh, Texas. Um, you know, I'm an Oklahoma fan, so I just watched what he played and did this past weekend. He made three mistakes in the game. I'll, I'll give you that, but I still think he played really, really well in the game overall. Um, had an 83% pass completion percentage in that game, which is incredible for a game where he had two interceptions and a fumble. Um, overall this season, there's been ups and downs, but mostly ups, I would say. Uh, so far, he's got 1,700 yards, 
11 touchdowns, three interceptions, and two of them just happened. So, I mean, before that, like I said, 10 touchdowns to one interception. He's been he's been really good this season. I still I think that he's going to get another chance to prove himself against Oklahoma. I think in the Big Twelve Championship, and I still think he is a really good quarterback, even given what happened this past weekend. I think that was more of a a blip on the radar than an actual problem. Um, all right, Jordan Travis from Florida State. Um, he is in his fifth year of college as well, or sixth year of college as well. Oops, man, forgot. Um, Eleven hundred yards through uh, five games, 12 intercept or five, 12 touchdowns to one interception. I really love this entire passing attack. They're all a bunch of like older guys that have transferred in and they're just incredible. I'm a huge Jordan Travis fan and I cannot wait to see where he gets drafted because I think after last season and going into this season, he is the key component to Florida state. And I think he should not be, Left around. Okay, I'll kind of skip the scats on these next two just so we can get move through faster. Um, number six is J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Michigan's been just a ho-hum offense, just machine so far this season, and J.J. McCarthy is a good component of that. They're a run-first team, and he is still making his plays and doing what he needs to do through the air. Um, given the circumstances of his first year as a full starter um, after taking over last year for Cade McNamara. And I, I look, I'm really excited to see J.J. McCarthy every time he plays. And I think this is more showing his versatility. Uh, he is in a run first scheme, and he's still able to not make mistakes, hand the ball off correctly, and uh, show what he can do. And he is still an underclassman, so you're still going to get a couple years out of him. Uh, Bo Nix from Oregon. I don't really have much to say. Or at Auburn, I didn't really ever see him being a potential NFL prospect. But um, he, at Oregon, he has been nothing short of amazing. His offensive power is just insane, and I cannot wait to watch him against Washington. Him versus Michael Penix this weekend is going to be flat out insane. I really hope if you have time to watch that college football game this weekend, you have a chance because. It's two of the best quarterbacks in football or college football playing head-to-head, and I think it's going to be a lot of fireworks on that board. Uh, number nine or eight is Cam Ward from Washington State. Um, there was some doubt about him. He was kind of a mystery. He was coming in from Incarnate Word, which is like a D3 school last season. He played really well last season, but it still was kind of a mystery coming into this year, and he's answered every question that you've had about Cam Ward. I not a lot of rushing upside, mind you, but he's got a ton of his, – his arm is incredible. His accuracy is incredible. And he is the main – he's the only thing keeping Washington State afloat. Um, the defense is pretty good, but not good enough for what he's able to do. Number nine is Jaden Daniels from LSU. Um, he has been on the, the ropes this entire season. I, I definitely can see where there's people that would probably have question marks about him because he has made some – Silly mistakes, but overall, he's had a really good season so far. And LSU is a complete offensive team, no defense at all, and he's been able to keep up and win shootouts and lose shootouts, but he's been able to keep them in the game each and every week. And the number 10 is Riley Leonard from Duke. He is a very, very raw prospect, in my opinion. A lot of people had him as QB4 or 5 going into the season. I haven't yet to see anything that makes me think he's ready for the NFL after this season, but at the same time, I don't know. Maybe he's going to show a little bit more. I, I haven't 
like I said, been overly impressed with him so far, but I am at the same time, not dumb. I've seen him play well at times in his career. I just would like to see a little bit more. He seems like a project more than a finished product, like some of these other guys. All right, let's get on to running backs. We will add a little bit of excitement because this is a mystery of all mysteries when it comes to are, <laughs> are these players good? Are these players bad? I don't know. Uh, we'll start with Raheem Sanders, Rocket Sanders from Arkansas. He's got the complete size. He has been hurt for most of this season so far. I don't know if that's going to keep him in school or not, but I think people are just going to go off of what he did last year and not really take into account this year. It depends on what his medicals look like and if he's able to finish out the season at some point in any kind of capacity because it's been pretty rough so going so far this season. 34 rushes for 91 yards and two touchdowns, given he's only played like almost two complete games. I mean, he's played and he's appeared in three, but overall he's kind of not been as a uh, you know, used as he was. So we're going to put an asterisk next to this one for now, but I still think he's number one on my list. Just based on what I've seen last year, he was just flat out incredible. Uh, number two on my list is Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. Now what scares me about Braylon Allen is he is splitting time at Wisconsin, which Wisconsin not known to split carries. They do have a new coach, new offensive coordinator in there. And this has been interesting to say the least to watch them split time. Um, this past weekend, he's kind of got back to what we know him for, 21 rushes for 100 yards and a touchdown. But overall, like, kind of been a weird year for Braylon Allen. I still believe in the talent. Like, same with Raheem Sanders. Still believe in the talent over what has been on the, you know, on the screen. But 73 rushes, 400 yards, seven touchdowns, uh, 18 catches through the year, which was a big uh, question for him going into the season. Was he going to be able to be a pass catching back? And he's caught almost as many balls as he has in his first two years this year. So I think they're, we can put those to bed. I think he's good to go. Um, on a Travion Henderson for Ohio State. Now this is kind of like Raheem Sanders. He's been hurt for most of the season, so we have yet to really get a full big tra uh, Travion Henderson experience thus far. So far he has 295 yards on the ground, five touchdowns, three catches through the air. Based on what he did two seasons ago, I would still say he's one of the best backs in the country. Based on what he's done last year, he was hurt most of it. And then this year, hurt most of it. Uh, it does kind of give you cause for concern. But I'm just going to, again, banking on talent. We're going to go off of talent for the first three running backs in this class, which I know at home that might scare the shit out of you. But I'm just going to – you're just going to have to trust the process on this one. Because the stats aren't going to show up on the screen, but they are showing up, you know, I think in by the time we get to the combine and we're showing what we can do, these guys are going to need it because this season has just not been going their way um, as far as being their usage by injury or by scheme. It's been different. All right. For Blake Crum from Michigan, I know that he had he was not we did not know if he was going to come back. He's come back and looked amazing so far. I have no no qualms with uh, Blake Karum. I think he's going to be a good running back. I think it's going to scare people that he's 5'8", and I think it's going to scare people that this is his senior year in college. But I'm here to tell you, nothing to be scared about. This guy is the real deal. I am excited. And every time I'm watching him, I'm excited. And I think that being this being a run-first scheme, he has shown and done everything he's needed to do. 
He scored a touchdown in every game this season. He's had multi-touchdown games in the last three games so so far in the season. And I just think there's no question marks. He is a senior. I hope he's at the senior bowl, mind you, because I would love to talk to him. But we'll see. All right, number five is Bucky Irving from Oregon. Oregon's just having a very special season overall. Um, the yardage hasn't necessarily been there, but he also hasn't gotten that many attempts. He's been splitting uh, carries as well through – you know, the first three games or whatever, uh, our first five games. Wow. Can't believe we're already five games in 300 yards on the ground, four touchdowns. He's had 18 receptions, which is one of his specialties. I, I just like the kid a lot. I think he's got a lot to bring to the table um, coming out of Oregon. And although he's splitting carries, I still think that he is uh, very special and I hope that he gets a chance. All right. On these next couple, which I'll do very quickly. Next one's Will Shipley for Clemson. Um, after last season, he was kind of interesting in my opinion, and it wasn't sure quite what we were going to get. This year, the yardage hasn't really been there. He hasn't really had one of those pop-off 100-yard rushing games yet. But at the same time, we're getting there. Last three games, he has a touchdown in them and almost 100 yards in the last game. But I'm – I think that this Clemson team is going through a lot of changes right now. And I think that he's going to, by the time all things are said and done, he is going to be one of the guys that we're talking about running back wise. That's going to make a big difference in the league. Okay. Quickly get through these last couple. Audric Estime from uh, Notre Dame. He's been the heart and soul of that team. I did not have him high going into the season, but he's really shown a lot uh, going in. He's the lead, one of the leading rushers in college football this year. And he has done and shown everything for Notre Dame. So that's very exciting. Number eight, Trey Benson from Florida State. Another one of these guys that I'm excited about, that Florida State guys that has been showing and doing a lot. Number nine is Donovan Edwards. Uh, we have kind of a Roshan Johnson situation going on with Blake Karum and him. Uh, Blake Karum is the, you know, the B. John Robinson in that situation. And Donovan Edwards has kind of been the uh, – Roshan Johnson. So I still think he's a good running back. Still think he's going to get a lot of usage. I think we're going to see more in the NFL than we have in college, but he's still been having a great season. And then Mayan Williams, kind of a similar situation. He's split and carries with Travion Henderson. Um, and in Travion Henderson's absences, he's been really good. And I think that he should be able to get a shot in the NFL as well. It's just with these guys splitting carries, it's so different than it's ever been in college football. You just, you're normally used to these guys having like heavy workloads and only being like one good running back on the team. But a lot of these teams have adapted kind of what the, uh, pro football is doing a stable of running backs and all of them having a chance. What that's going to mean for the NFL success, success, I don't know. And we're going to have to kind of see, I think this, this year's draft is going to be one of those. That's kind of a, kind of a, a sign of things to come. I feel, um, but it's kind of weird because you're used to seeing the bell cow back in college and not really seeing that. We do have a couple, and they're not eligible to actually come out in the draft this year, but they're definitely still there, just maybe not in this class. All right, I'm going to quickly get through these wide receivers because I, I'm in love with this wide receiver class, so I'll try to contain my excitement. we got Marvin Harrison Jr. is number one. Look, he, if the stats aren't going to say anything. This offense is a joke. They're getting better every week, mind you. Kyle McCord's getting, like I said, better every week. Um, but this has kind of been a disappointing more Marvin Harrison year, which is funny to say because he's still having a fantastic season. And every time he's targeted, he's making a 
bananas catch. But we were kind of hoping after last year that he was going to come out and be special. And he, while he is special, we're not getting to see it. It's literally the Lamborghini that's sitting in the carport. Um, it's like, whoa, why is that, you know, why is that being treated like that? That's kind of the same situation here. Number two is Malik Neighbors. Look, he, for LSU, has just been phenomenal. I mean, just every time you turn on the screen, you cannot not watch Malik Neighbors play football. And I've just liked everything I've seen from him so far. Number three is Troy Franklin from Oregon. Um, every t- like, If you turn on an Oregon game, you're going to see Troy Franklin scoring a touchdown. That's all you're going to see. It's incredible. He is 6'4". I was excited for him two years ago when he was coming out. Um, as you know, coming into the to college football as a freshman, and he has been getting better and better every year. And now we finally are going to get it in the NFL, which is exciting. Uh, number four is Xavier Worthy. The knock on him is he's he's small and short. That's that's the biggest knock. And we've seen a couple of these guys that have been small and short come in and make big, um, a big splash into the league. And I think Xavier Worthy has what it takes to do that um, as well, but. It's kind of sucks for him because the rest of these guys are not really undersized like he is. Uh, number five is Rome Odunze from Washington. There's two Washington wide receivers on this list. Michael Penix is making these guys – not making them. They are equally making each other look amazing. And Odunze is just incredible to watch. It's fun to watch him play football every week. Um, I actually have – kind of been thinking like what my comp for him is going to be. And he does have some Jerry Judy-esque qualities. I would say that's probably one I would think of, but just watching him make contested catches is just so much fun. Uh, Number six is Keon Coleman from Florida State. Look, going into the season, I thought it was going to be Johnny Wilson that I was the most excited for, but then Keon Coleman comes in from Michigan State and has completely blown away all my expectations he was not really high on my list going into this year, but behind that team and that offense with that firepower, they have just been incredible. Like these guys, these teams like are just making each other look and be so good. So it's very exciting to see. Uh, number six is Arizona's Jacob Cowing. Uh, look, I thought he was going to come out last year. He was going to be probably the 10th best wide receiver, maybe 12th best wide receiver last season this year. I think he's like the seventh best wide receiver. So going back to school was actually a really good call for him. A lot of I haven't seen a lot of people talking about him yet, but like turn on the film he just had against USC. Mind you, USC has a terrible defense. So I think everybody it cooks when they're playing USC. But this kid is just very exciting to see. I cannot wait to see what other people think about Jacob Cowing because I think he's been one of those sleepers that is going to finally get his due come draft time. Uh, number eight, Amika Ibuka from Ohio State. I had him going into the season as the number four wide receiver. I didn't account for how bad Kyle McCord was going to be, and it's kind of taken a toll on some of these guys. He's not bad. He's just a freshman, and he's learning, and he's trying to make these guys look very good. Um, I give all the credit in the world to that coaching staff because they have had to go through it so far this season to kind of get through the wins and get to the next step. So. Been very interesting to watch, but he has definitely suffered. I don't I don't know what this means for his draft prospects. I'm very curious what draft grade he's going to get from the evaluators because he might, might be going back to school next year. Don't want to say it for sure, but I think 
being in Marvin Harrison's junior shadow might hurt him more than help him. Even though Ohio State's put multiple guys in the league before, um, we've seen it the last couple seasons, and they've all turned out fine. So we'll just have to wait and see. Number nine on my list is Will Shepard from Vanderbilt. If you have not seen a Vanderbilt game, I don't blame you, but you need to check them out at least once. Maybe check out some film because this Will Shepard kid is great. Now, he's a senior going into the season, so that already like, starts to like make people shiver and give, give goosebumps because he's so old and he's toast. Um, if Joe was on here, he'd probably already have him crossed off their li- his list. But, look, he can make contested catches. He's making his bones at Vanderbilt, which should tell you everything you need to know about how good he is. Because if you can make your, you know, if you can make your way through a bad school and make stats and show what you can do, and you're still going against SEC competition every week, that's you're doing all right by me. And then number ten on my list is Johnny Wilson. Um, look, I. He's six seven. He plays like a tight end. He's he's faster than he looks, um, but he's going to make catches every time you get to the red zone. You're going to be able to throw it to him. Um, throwing it down the field, he's going to be able. He's going to be taller than any defensive back you put on him. Um, he does need to clean up some of you know the the knock on him has always been that he's not quite as fast. But I think if you use him as a tight end or you use him as like a hybrid tight end, kind of how. Atlanta should use Kyle Pitts, but they don't. That kind of thing for Johnny Wilson, I think you're going to be fine because if he's lined up against a linebacker, he's going to dust that linebacker, and he's going to make some great catches down the field. Catch kind of depends on where they have him lined up. But as a wide receiver, he might might suffer when he's playing against NFL cornerbacks and safeties. But if you have him as kind of a tight end hybrid, I think that works. I think that is kind of uh, I think that works better than um, just lining him up as wide receiver. That's all I got. That's all I got this week. There's a lot of good wide receivers, by the way. I don't even get to everybody. There's Xavier Leggetti from uh, South Carolina who's been having a hell of a season. Uh, Adonai Mitchell from Texas, even though I think he's going to go back. Aronde Gadsden from Syracuse. I've loved his game. Um, Ja'Cory Brooks from Alabama. Uh, has had a decent season so far. There's there's a lot of people that I'm excited about in the wide receiver department. And I'm just, you know, it just sucks that we can't feature them all on the list. But, look, there's 10 to 12 good guys this year. Wide receivers and quarterbacks are the huge strength of this class. Running backs is a work in progress slash just complete mystery. I don't know. I don't even know if one's going to go in the first round this year. It's tough to see the road for that. Could happen. But it's kind of tough to see that right now. I will say this. If we were going to draft last season and these guys all, we hadn't seen what happened this so far this season. We just had what happened last season. I think Raheem Sanders goes above Jameer Gibbs. That's just my opinion, though. I don't know. I would have probably taken him then. Um, there's a chance even Travion Henderson and Braylon Allen could have been in that conversation. But it's just based on what's happened this year. It's kind of a, a tough draw, if you will. But that's all I got. I will be back as soon as I possibly can to cover more college football. I would love to get into the defense. Um, Tight ends we don't really need to talk about. There's two that you need to pay attention to. One is Brock Bowers, who, I mean, 
I, I don't have to say anything more. That guy is basically a wide receiver playing the position. And then Jatavion Sanders from Texas, um, just seeing what he did this past season or past week, he's always, it feels like he's always open. Like that's the craziest part about him. Um, and he's on a little bit uncoverable at times. He definitely has a chance to make it into the first round too. After that, the tight end class kind of dives off of a cliff a little bit, but same time, you just need to know the two um, and that's it. So, that's all I got for you this week. Thank you for tuning in to the Dynasty Tailgate podcast. I will be back with you as soon as I can. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.